Thank you for tuning into this sermon from New Life Student Ministries. Our goal is to inspire, equip, and support our students and families with biblically rich and God-centered teaching. These messages are meant to be supplemental and not substitutional for our weekly gathering. We hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your spiritual walk. You guys don't remember me from a couple weeks ago. My name is Sam. Um, I was the nerdy guy. Hey, I was the nerdy guy with the Lord of the Rings references. And I know. Some of the feedback that I got was like, it was too confusing. So I'm going to do my best. I, I was told to maybe throw some Marvel analogies out there. Go Marvel, yeah. Maybe we can have a conversation after this about how much better Lord of the Rings is than Marvel. So, all right. All right, guys, let's rein it in real quick here. Who's ready for summer? Yeah. Who Who's ready to be at the top of the food chain at your school? Any seventh graders in it? Only like a couple people? Who's Who's ready to just not be at the bottom of the food chain? Yeah, a couple of us. All right, well, all right, let's, uh, let's listen up in here. The God statement for tonight is God is worthy of our trust. Can everybody say that? God is worthy of our trust. So what does trust look like? What does this mean? Um, maybe it's someone you can depend on. Maybe it's somebody that you can hold accountable or holds you accountable. Maybe it's your mom or some of your friends. How many of you trust me? Show of hands. One person. Two people. Three. Okay, I like it. Keep, thank you for being nice. All right. So trust is not just granted randomly, right? It's built over time. So those of you who kept your hands up, who wants to be my volunteer for tonight? Volunteer? Okay, we'll go with you. And I'm sorry, maybe next time. Okay, we're going to do a little exercise. Have you ever heard of a trust fall? You have? Do you know how to do trust falls? Okay, what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you stand right here. Off the stage? I don't know. You might. <laughs> All right. All right, we're going to have you turn around, face the other way. We're going to start light, okay? That way. You're going to put your arms out, okay? Move this way a couple steps. I don't want you to hit the equipment. I don't want to pay for that. All right, so I think all of you might have heard of this. as a trust fall. We're going to practice. What's your name? Jack. Jack. All right, Jack, trust me enough to do a trust fall. All right, Jack, I'm going to have you close your eyes. And then when I say... I know. Do you trust me? Barely, he says. Okay. So the first one's going to be lighter, right? When I say go, you're going to fall back, okay?
All right, thank you, Jack. I would have a prize for you, but I don't. So, all right. Jack, you can, $7, all right. Okay, well, man, I definitely should have stretched some more before that one. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Okay, cool. So, like I said, the God statement tonight is God is worthy of our trust. All right, can everyone stand with me real quick? Oh, jeez. All right, I'm going to read out of Psalm 62. All right, this is something that King David wrote. We see in the Psalms, uh, which David wrote many of them, it's kind of an outpour of the emotion of the things that is going on in his head and in his heart. And in Psalm 62, bear with me here. Psalm 62 says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. So many enemies against one man, all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. O oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Common people are as worthless as a puff of wind, and the powerful are not what they appear to be. If you weigh them on scales, together they are lighter than a breath of air. Don't make your living by extortion, or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. God has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. Power, O oh God, belongs to you. Unfailing love, Lord, is yours. Surely you repay all people according to what? They have done. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the word of the Lord, which all people said. Oh, beautiful. All right, we can go ahead and take our seats. So like I mentioned, you guys are chatty tonight. All right, like I mentioned, the Psalms we see throughout here, um, especially in this one, David is kind of speaking from his heart. And he's kind of crying out to God because of his situation. For a little bit of context, um, King David, right, he was chosen by God through, through Samuel to be the king of Israel. And through his life, his predecessor, Saul, was after him because he was threatened by King David that he was going to take his kingdom. And so for a lot of David's life, he's been on the run with with Saul trying to chase him. I think he tried to kill him like 11 times. Could you imagine, imagine that? Like someone actively trying to kill you. Um, and then when David eventually became king, he you know, had other enemies and other nations that were after him as well. Even one of his own sons, Absalom, was after him trying to king, kill him. Um, but we see king, king David relied and trusted in the Lord. So I'll read the middle of that passage again. It says, Let all I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, 
my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. O my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. So what does it look like to trust in the Lord? You see, trust is an act of the will. We kind of talked about this earlier with Jack. You can't just say to somebody, I trust you, and believe it to really happen and take place. No, it's, a, it's an act of the will, and, and sometimes it takes time with the other person to build up trust. You guys have sleepovers? You just had one last weekend. Awesome. Actually, back to back to back. That's awesome. So, could you imagine, like, telling your parents, this person that I just met, hey, is it cool if I go have a sleepover at their house? I trust them. Do you think that's going to fly? No. Like, your parents are going to want to know and trust that individual or maybe trust their parents. But trust is built with the evidence that I can really depend on this person not to violate the confidence that I have in them. And... As the Lord has shown us, he is trustworthy, and he's worthy of our trust in this verse and throughout our lives, and he's worthy of our trust even before we're born. So let's go ahead and dig in. Uh, We're going to break this passage up into three different sections. The first one is God is our rock. Say, God is our rock, right? Meaning God is steady and he's unchanging. The next one is God is our salvation. Say that one. Meaning, he rescues us. And then, God is our refuge. You guys got it. Meaning, God is a place where we can really find rest. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every young man and woman in here tonight. I pray that you are with them. I pray that you open their hearts and their minds to your truth and your word. We thank you that you're trustworthy. Help us to identify different areas of our life where maybe we're not depending on you or trusting in you. Help us to have a great night and a safe rest of the week. And it's your your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. God is our rock. King David says in verse 6, He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress where I will not be shaken. What we see here in this verse is an image of strength and stability. He says, where I will not be shaken, right? So I'm going to read something out of Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. This is Jesus speaking. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Through the rain comes in torrents, and floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come, and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. All right. So, God will never change. He's the only constant thing that we can count on in this world. And we find this in Jesus too, right? If we build our lives on anything else, we'll eventually and inevitably be disappointed. This is something that I struggled with for many years of my life. 
I dated somebody for a really long time, for two and a half years, and it seemed like it seemed like it was fun at the time. But everything that I was doing, my time, my energy, my thoughts were surrounded and built upon that relationship. Until, you know, I was a sophomore in college and we broke up. And because I had put my entire stock in that relationship and built my house upon that, and that thing eventually crumbled, I was devastated. It felt like my world was coming, crashing to the ground. And it's the same thing with other things like sports. I think last time I mentioned that I wrestled, and I wrestled since I was six, all the way up until college, and a lot of my identity and my success was wrapped around this one sport. I built my house upon the sand of this specific sport until I suffered a pretty gnarly back injury my junior year. I certainly felt that catching Jack. No offense, Jack, but, um, but it felt like I'm just picking on you. It felt like after that, my world came crashing to the ground. But we recognized, and I knew through this time that the Lord was with me throughout it. Even if I felt like he was, and he truly was, I can see that now. It wasn't until I experienced my world kind of fall apart in order to set my eyes on the only constant thing and firm foundation that there was. I had to rebuild my life in a sense, and it was tough, and it was painful, but it was good. Turns out the girl that broke up with me is my wife now, so it ended up working out in the end, so yeah, I got her. Uh, Anyways, so hear me now, though. When the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Guys and girls, in life, it's guaranteed that you'll have rains and floodwaters and gnarly winds. You might lose a game, and it's a huge bummer. You get bullied at school. Your parents get divorced. You lose someone you love. When the storms of life hit you hard, you will not be shaken because you have built your house on a firm foundation. Life will come at you hard, so start building now. I think you guys are in the right place to do that. So put your hope in the Lord. Allow him to be the solid rock in which you built your house. Okay. Some of you in here might think that's a dumb idea. I was there too. But life will come at you hard, and so just be, be ready. So the next part is God is our salvation. What's the purpose of salvation, and why is it needed? Some of you might think, like, I don't need that. Have you ever felt like you're kind of at the end of your rope one day? Like you couldn't go further, or you really felt the weight and of sin and shame of a mistake you made or something like that? And a lot of us try to convince ourselves that we don't need saving, and I think the world will try to convince you as well that you don't either, and you can be your own savior and find your own truth. But what happens when you're not enough? Or the world is not enough? I'm not up here trying to point the finger at you guys and, and call out all the, all the wrong and sin that you're doing. I am, I am the same. That's not my job to do. 
that would be very hypocritical of me to do that. Because I'm in a need of a Savior too, daily. And that might be the same story for everyone, right? And ever since the fall back in Genesis, mankind has always fallen back on sin. I'm going to read something briefly out of Romans chapter 3, verse 23 through 28. It says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus at the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life. Shedding his blood, this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast, then, that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Guys, this is the beauty of the gospel right here. Yet God in his grace freely made us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of sin. See, people are made right with God when they truly believe that Jesus paid the price for us. Do you guys understand the weight and gravity of this? It's not until we really understand that that we can come to grips with what this means. I'm still coming to grips with it. Because of the fall, it fractured man in our relationship with the Lord, but God sent his son to die in our place. And that's the good news of the gospel. You see, God is our salvation. He rescues us and he saves us, and it was through the blood of Christ that he did so. And I want you to listen. It's not a matter of if you are worthy, of not, or worthy or not of being saved, because you are. He already did it. Recognize that and step into that. Like I said, when we truly come to realize and understand that, we start to recognize what salvation truly means and how it can transform our lives. All right, last one. God is our refuge. God is a place where we can truly find rest. What do you guys think of when you think of like a fortress? Strong? Do you guys think of like Clash of Clans or something like that? Is that like your room, your house, maybe church, maybe it's this room? It's kind of spurred me to like do a random rabbit hole Google search to find like the three most secure places on earth. They're pretty interesting. I'm going to read them for you. The first one is Vatican Street Archive in Rome, Italy. It says, this building was constructed more than 400 years ago and holds some of the world's oldest religious documents and texts, including written letters from Michelangelo and a handwritten, not the Ninja Turtle, different guy, and a handwritten transcript from the Galileo trial. Don't know what that is. I never really paid attention in history. Number two, Federal Reserve Bank, New York, USA. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York is one of the most 
impenetrable buildings and is where more than 7,000 tons of pure gold are held 80 foot beneath New York streets. The vault consists of a 90-ton steel cylinder encompass and 140 tons of pure concrete and cement. It's pretty intense. You know, I actually believe that if we all kind of like rally together and work together, we could bust into that thing. Yeah. Maybe if we use a spoon. That's brilliant. I don't know why people haven't thought of that. True. All right. The last one. Hang with me here. Last one. I'm going to butcher this. The Svalbard Global Seed Vault in Norway. Unlike other military and governmental structures, the Global Seed Vault holds a commodity that, is, that in reality is so much more precious than all of the gold and diamonds in the world. The seed bank holds more than 930,000 different species of plant seed, which, in the event of a nuclear war, would be used to repopulate the world's plant and tree populations. You guys can go home and tell your parents about that fun fact. Some of the honorable mentions, you know, you got Fort Knox, you got Cheyenne Mountain in our backyard. Yeah, Cheyenne Mountain. Um, but what do you think about when you hear the word refuge? Where is somewhere in your life where you feel safe and you feel protected? Like that place you truly feel at peace. Maybe it's your room, like we said, or maybe it's playing video games. Maybe it's in the mountains. That's my, that's my refuge. I love the mountains. Let's take a look at what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I want to point something out here, kind of a newsflash moment. It doesn't say... Come to me, all who are weary, and I'll get rid of every stress in your life. Or come to me, all who are weary, and I'll get rid of homework forever. Yay! That would be nice. It would be nice. No. All right, let's bring it in, bring it in. Hang with me. What it says... Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. See, there's a responsibility that he gives us in this statement. It's essentially saying, pick up your cross and follow me. And it sounds kind of daunting, doesn't it? Well, Jesus, I thought you were supposed to make my life all like sunshine and rainbows. No, that's not the case. That's not what the scripture says. Jesus isn't an easy button. But what Jesus does say in the scriptures is, let me teach you and you'll find rest for your souls. So what does that look like, rest for your souls? Have you ever felt that kind of relief? Like you felt like a thousand pounds were just lifted off your shoulders? A moment when you handed over that pain or that anxiety or that fear, and that kind of rest for your souls? You guys... You can have an easy life and have everything that you want and still have a heavy and weary soul. 
That is what David is crying out here in the verse, saying, God, be my refuge. Be the place where my soul can find rest. So, God is worthy of our trust. Has someone ever broken your trust? It's tough. Kind of breaks your heart a little bit, doesn't it? And after somebody breaks your trust, it's like you don't really feel like things can kind of be the same with that person. It's almost like the, the trust that you had with them was kind of sacred, right? We talked about it. Trust isn't something that you can just hand out to people like it's free candy or something. God is worthy of it because of the ways that he shows up in your life. The way that he provides and protects for you guys. The way that he fulfills his promise. The way that he sent his son. So where are you guys putting your trust? Is it in your friendships? Is it in someone you're dating? You wish? I wouldn't say that. Yeah, at this, in junior high, the other person is just complicated. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it until you guys are maybe like 30. (laughs) Probably some of your parents. Some of you might think how weird it is, the concept of putting your trust in someone else or something else, but it happens. Very sneakily. So where's your trust? Is it in your parents, your activities, your money? I wanted to make something important for you all. And you may know this already, but all those other things will fail if they haven't already. So put your trust in the one who will never fail, a rock and a fortress. Stand firm in the promise that the Lord who has defeated the grave will pull through. You guys all know Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, seek him in all you do, and he will make your path straight. Yeah. This kind of makes me think of like a GPS. You guys know GPS on your phones, or you see them in the car sometimes? I imagine like, Google? I imagine like a GPS, like... Say you're trying to get to Florida or something like that. And hang with me. And like somebody you trust is like, hey, here's a map of California. That'll get you there. Or like, just go south. Trust me. You trust me, right? That might work. Well, it definitely won't work, actually. You got to go to the source of truth, right? You're going to want to rely on the GPS, the system that kind of lays out your path for you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Sure, there's going to be bumps and hills, some rain, maybe a flat tire here and there. But you guys know what happens when you take your eyes off the GPS? You crash or you get lost. Where in your life do you guys need to fix your eyes back on the GPS? Where are you wondering or where are you stressing? Kind of like King David. Where in your life do you feel like your enemies are surrounding you? Like you feel like there's no escape? Fix your eyes on the Lord. 
Maybe you're holding on to something you can't let go. Maybe it's something from your past. Maybe it's something that you want to control. Just release that and give it to the Lord. I know it's easier said than done, certainly. So fix your eyes and trust on the Lord. The work is already finished. The battle is already won by the work that Jesus did on the cross for us. God's got you guys. I know it's easier said than done. And maybe it's a practice that you need to get in the habit of when you read the Psalms or maybe meditate on these, really kind of think about what King David is talking about in here. It's relatable. God, you're my rock. You're my salvation. You're my refuge. So ladies, if you want to come up for worship, I don't know if we're pretty early or not, but as they're going through this song, I want you to kind of think through your life, maybe in areas where you could probably put your trust in the Lord some more, maybe some areas where you feel like you're trying to hold on or control situations, really try to focus on trusting in the Lord and saying, God, you're my rock. You're my salvation. You're my refuge. Right? Thanks again for listening to this message from New Life Student Ministries. If you want to keep up with what's happening with us, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at NL Student Ministries.